Well, for Paula Manny, it's time to go off in the mobile studio. Oh, good. In a car that hasn't been started for a few days. And drive from Cork to Limerick. As a way of getting out of the house, which is full of women. That's meant to be a joke. Um, it's my daughter has two friends over so I thought well if this is a good time for me to get out of their way and to head off up to Limerick visit my one of my brothers and enjoy the drive through the countryside for thinking of my good friend Kingfish who drives through the American countryside in a truck and who has a great way of chatting as he's driving. But first of all, I've got to find something to take as a little gift, token of my appreciation for my brother. And what does he want? He wants a copy of yesterday's Irish Times. You see, he told me this morning that the first, for the first time in, I forget if he said 20 or 30 years, he hasn't read the Irish Times this weekend. He said he couldn't get a copy in Limerick. Now, there's no guarantee I can get a copy in Cork, but at the end of Church Hill, which I'm driving down along, if I hang a left, actually, I'll hang this left. See, I've got a choice of two ways to get to Grandin's. Now, Grandin's is a biggish convenience store, as large a convenience store as you get. The road is a bit bumpy, I think it's been damaged a little. So on the left hand side of me is some green grass with smatterings of snow on it, mottled effect. The footpaths uh, here have got impacted snow, would be quite a little bit tricky to drive along there, or to walk along there today. If I'd gone the other way, I'd have had a clearer place. Oh yeah, lots of open area here, houses up to the left. On the right hand side of me is a big long wall. There are a few big houses in there. There's a big snowball. I'm sure there'll be relatively few people on this road. My intention is to go down here to this convenience store which is large and might well have would normally have Saturday's Irish Times the weekend Irish Times is quite substantial not in the same order as the New York Times but it's quite substantial so it's meant to do you for the weekend and there would normally be a copy of the Irish Times in the shop on a Sunday and they wouldn't pack them up. What they do in Ireland is at the end of the day they pack up all the unsold newspapers uh, put a bit of brown paper or something around them and uh, get twine, string and make a package and then they put them all into a supermarket trolley if they happen to be a supermarket 
because supermarkets sell newspapers in Ireland. And they, um, they send them back for pulping. I always think the circulation figure of news, figures of newspapers may be misleading. They may give you the impression that X number of newspapers have been sold, but Y number of them have been sent back. Dirty snow, it's mixed. You know how salt grit on the roads is turns dirty color. The field, the the Glenmire GAA pitch. There, there are football pitches down here. It is covered in snow, which hasn't yet melted. We had strong rain this morning, so a little snippet of the journey for today. Well, whether Paul O'Mahony gets the newspapers, the newspaper he wants or not, it's going to be interesting to see what's on the front page of the Irish National Newspapers this Sunday. So let's have a look and see. Where are the newspapers? Here they are over here. They have the Examiner. Ah, they have the Irish Times weekend. Schools and businesses may stay closed as storm brings unprecedented snowfall. Oscars countdown, all you need to know. George Gilby abuser, his victim stories. There are the headlines. Right, well I'm buying that. And I'm just going to Meghan and Harry gun guard on wedding carriage. Oh my god, whatever that means. How Russian firms funneled 100 billion through Dublin. 125 Russian-linked companies raised 103 billion through the Irish Financial Services Centre. My goodness. Spin City. 707 number of public servants working in communications. 388 number of contracts for PR advertising, media buying, monitoring and branding. Wow! It's called Vanity Project. The secret warnings over Taoiseach's communications overhaul. Right. Now, Gardi set up strike teams to combat looters. This is all about Oh, in Tala last night in Dublin, people were looting. I don't know very much about it. No UK alliance over the border, says Varadka, the Taoiseach. Callanan disputes car park story. I see. Okay, that's the Sunday Times. Bronson's revenge attack, jail attack on jail boss. They, these are red tops, what's it called? I'm not interested much in them. Oh, the Irish Independent, the... Uh, the largest uh, newspaper in Ireland in terms of sales. Tributes as inspirational author Emma dies after battle with cancer. That's Emma Hannigan. Nation on edge as thaw begins. Water restrictions for 66,000. Race to stock up on food essentials. Baratka says stay off the road. Warnings of more rationing. Thaw brings flooding fears. Orange warning extended. And Brendan O'Connor on the front page, for all our divisions, we are a tribe. Rugby rape trial. Rachel Allen's easy Mexican recipes. No, have I done it? 
six charged over a little smash and grab. That was Dublin. The Irish Mail burnt out. Cars set on fire as little looted. This is very unusual in Ireland for people to go looting. Very, very unusual. I don't need any fruit. I think I'll bring my brother some I'll bring them some chocolates. Bottle of Lind a thing of Lindor. I'm always eating their chocolates. Well, I used to. I've given up chocolates for the most part now. So let's go and get this chocolates. Yes. I'm very pleased to get the newspaper. I wonder if I'm going to buy something. I think I will. Could I please have a small roll with a couple of sausages in it, please? Um, yes, please, a tiny bit. Could I have two sausages and a piece of bacon? Thanks very much. I had no breakfast at home. The Dublin office of Chuck Feeney's Atlantic Philanthropies, which gave away seven billion, quietly closed this week. to ensure a post-Brexit soft border between Northern Ireland and the Republic. In a keynote speech on Friday, Theresa May committed to leaving the EU Customs Union, but said a hard border can be avoided through technological solutions and placing no new restrictions on trade carried out by smaller businesses. In a BBC television interview this morning, Mr Coveney said the British proposals were essentially an opening negotiating stance. ESB network repair crews are continuing to work to restore power to some 6,000 homes, businesses and farms who remained without supply overnight following Storm Emma. Motorways and main roads have been cleared, but conditions remain dangerous in many places. Gothi say there was some surface flooding in Cork City earlier this morning after tidal water spilled onto the Keys. Most public transport services are expected to return to normal today. PSNI have launched a murder investigation after a man was stabbed to death Northern in Irish City police. Today. The victim, who's believed to be in his 30s, was fatally injured during an incident involving a number of men shortly after half past two. Three men were arrested. A man in his 30s died in a single vehicle road crash in County Meath early today. Garthy and the emergency services were called to the scene of the incident near Beliver at about four o'clock this morning. In Britain, the death has been announced of Sir Roger Bannister, the first athlete oh, to run a sub-four-minute mile. He achieved the record in 1954 in oh. Oxford. Another weather. RT Radio 1 weather with ESB Networks. Stay safe. Planning a day flying or sailing? Stay clear of overhead wires for emergencies. So, the Irish National News on the Irish National Radio Station, Radio Erin. Uh, or Radio 1 uh, during the 
most popular radio program at the weekend, which is called the Marion Finucane Show. I'm, uh, this is Paula Manny bringing you a snippet of life in Ireland as he drives on what's uh, called the Northern Ring Road. And the journey to Limerick is 65 miles. I expect it will take, I always budget in terms of time, I, I allow an hour and 40 minutes to make it. it. It's a lot quicker than that if you put your foot down and have a bit of luck. The reason you need a bit of luck is that it, the town, the road goes through, it goes alongside Mallow, which is about 20 miles away. It goes through a number of other places. I'm trying to think. It goes through Charleville, um, and it goes through a few more places. And it's going through those places or around those places that slows down. There, there's a big push in Munster, Cork, Limerick, to build a motorway between Cork and Limerick. Just imagine the west coast of Ireland, that's the side out there on the Atlantic Ocean or near it. Um, a road that would go from Cork to Limerick, which is the third largest conurbation in the Republic of Ireland on up to Galway. That one is built already. And then on up to Sligo. So, at present all the motorways in Ireland are like spokes out of Dublin. There's one to Belfast, there's one to Sligo, Galway, Limerick, Cork, and although I haven't been on it for ages, Waterford. So, so there we are. This is uh, going to be a very easy journey. There'll be lots of people who won't travel today. The road will not be crowded, and that's one of the arguments against building the motorway. That I've seen somebody who was a, I think it was Charles McCarthy, um, who's a economist of some repute argue that the money that it would cost to build the road should be invested in both Limerick and Cork rather than building a road between them. So here goes. New two-pot house. I think that's where I am. Or am I in two-pot house? I'm to the right-hand side is the road to Donnerail. I need to double check where I am because for a reason uh, I, the, the reason is that I find the name Two Pot House, all one word T-W-O-P-O-T-H-O-U-S-E fascinating I cannot imagine where it came from now Two Pot House is a really small place and it's just outside Mallow, heading to Limerick. In other words, it's north of Mallow, which means that it's nearer to Cork than to Limerick. 
But as far as I can see, two pot houses just the, the road along which I've driven. And the only thing you would really remember is that I can think of, other than the name, is that the speed limit changes. It goes down. Oh, the fields up here on this part of the road are, have got more snow. It hasn't melted as much yet. But isn't that a great name? I, I don't remember going to Google to find the origins of the name. I'm a great one for place names. I'll never forget a very good, a good friend of mine at the time, um, Diane Brogan and Steve Brogan, setting off from, I think it was New Jersey. Anyway, they were driving in a van to Las Vegas and they produced a lot of um, 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 communications to indicate where they were on the journey and I followed them for some of it and I drew a map in my one of my notebooks of where they were going and it, I was taken aback by all the wonderful place names on the road. Now they were, a lot of them were Indian, Native American Indian names. And, you know, I could barely pronounce them. And none of them were familiar to me, but they were all exotic. So, I think of new two-pot house says. You see, there's a two-pot house and a new two-pot house. Right, right now I'm driving through a little pass. Um, this is the twisty bit of the road between Limerick and Cork. Always was an ideal place for an ambush. Remember, we used to think about that. Trees on both sides. It isn't just a chicane. It's about, it's about five chicanes. You come out the other side and it's a bit like you come out onto a piece of rolling countryside. Oh, Ballybeg Abbey is on the right-hand side. The road sign says that for 500 kilometers... Hang on a second. There, there, not 500 kilometers. There is a, um, a grotto with a statue to, uh, of the Virgin Mary. Roman Catholics... Uh, well, Christians believe that Mary was the mother of uh, Jesus Christ and uh, Roman Catholics um, believe she was um, a virgin. Now I'm coming into Bottevent. Bottevent. B-U-T-T-E-V-A-N-T. -T -T. There's a big pub painted yellow on the left-hand side with a big sign saying Murphy's, which is a stout made in cork. The road into the into Buttevent sort of goes on an S-bend. This place was a real um, bottleneck for about a year and a half while they were dug up the road and put down something or other through here 
that's it. The um, main street in Bodavent is straight. Again, Bodavent isn't much more than a straight, long straight road. I see Paddy Powers, I see Horgan's Bar, I see Ed McNamara's Bar, I see Shuppa Bushdale, I see William Gaffney's, I see Hutch, I see a DIY shop, I see a paint shop, and I see a convenience store called Centra, I see a hair and nail lounge, and I see Mick Burke's pub, which looks shut. And that's it. I'm, I'm almost entirely as a motor place selling second-hand motor cars out here and a place on the left selling new motor cars or perhaps they're mainly second-hand used I think 60 kilometers an hour speed limit right here now Limerick is 58 kilometers and the speed limit changes to 100 kilometers per hour here pretty thawed here little bits of snow on the left bits of they're more like compacted snow the road is completely clear I long straight in front of me not a car on the road at all um, some evergreens on the right hand side they're mainly deciduous trees in case any of you aren't sure what a deciduous tree is. It's a tree that loses its leaves in the winter. A lot of ivy growing up along the trunks of the trees and there's hedgerows either side of the road. The road is big enough for three cars. It's a bit, kind of two lane, one forward, one backward kind of way. But you would never overtake here. In fact, there's a solid white line down the center. Oh, I should turn my my headlight, not my headlights. Yeah, I should turn my headlights on so that people coming against me will will know I'm there. How are you, Kingfish, if you listen to this? You're driving between the outskirts of Chicago and Bloomington in California. I think that journey takes about two and a half days, maybe a little less. He travels, Kingfish travels that with another driver in a truck. And I don't think they stop for very long. One sleeps, the other drives. I'm not, I've never been clear how much time in the day they spend talking to each other. So it's a fairly cooped up space to be working with somebody else. I haven't been tested, but there's certainly some people for whom that would never be suitable. The road widens up now, um, there's a margin on either side. When I came to Ireland first, I used to get really cross about the fact that on a road like this, nobody drove on the left-hand margin. Now, 
in some cases the left hand margin might be about two yards wide perhaps even wider and you know, practically wide enough for a car so you could actually overtake all I had to do was pull in a little bit but Irish drivers weren't inclined to pull in or else an awful lot of them were inclined to stay out in the middle of the road which they're entitled to do but I thought it was very inconsiderate Ballyhora way off to the left Ballyhora is a place that B-A-L-L-Y H-A-U R-A I think it is it might be H-O-U R-A place that people go to walk and have conferences bye for now welcome to my mobile studio this is Paul Omani on the road between Limerick and Cork in Ireland the south end of the island that is off the west coast of Europe and is not part of the United Kingdom or the British Isles. The Republic of Ireland is a separate and independent state and it's raining and it's 5.24 in the afternoon and by the time I get to Cork it'll be dark but at least I get a good deal of the journey in maybe half of it when there's some light and I don't like driving in the dark just seen some rooks flying overhead incidentally that just reminds me of how long I took to understand the difference between a rook and a crow I don't know about you but I didn't realize that the simple difference is that crows are solitary creatures and rooks are social So, I'm back on the road. I've had a very pleasant few hours with my brother and family. Um, what did I uh, had? Um, one cup of tea, two cups of coffee. I got very tired while I was there. I was listening to conversation or in conversation and I nearly, well I did actually fall asleep for one second. I missed, a, I missed a word that one of my nieces said. We were talking about the overlap between sociology and ethnography. And uh, I did sociology a long time ago and she's doing ethnography now. And I wondered if family and community and family, family and community in rural Ireland with, by Arnsberg and Kimball who were researchers from Harvard, came to Ireland, I think in the 1930s, um, studied a life in a particular parish in the west of Ireland, and uh, a parish where one of my sisters went to live. And it turned out that people in the local community there remembered these researchers from Harvard and they're 
some strong feelings about the reports that they published and I think maybe even the book but the book was a what do we call it a seminal text and the other one was a study of gang life in Chicago again I think in the 1930s I'm not totally sure about the date the book is called uh, Street Corner Society by William Foot White and that was a again a study of life that one was a little different in that it used participant observation research methods and that's a method in which somebody goes and lives in the local community and becomes accepted as a member or at least as a temporary member and is able to as much as it is ever possible to do observe that community in action from within anyway while in the middle of I, I discussion with her I didn't really even to be true, find out much about modern ethnography but I found myself very tired then the coffee revived me a little bit of food bread and ham and stuff and I'm back on the road and there's no snow no signs of snow no white stuff not even dirty white stuff on the road on either side what there are are bare trees it's showing off the ivy growing up them and a very very grey laden sky thanks very much all the best bye I've been I've been having a day in which one of the things I did was look to buy a newspaper and I said one or two things about the fact that newspapers are often unsold and get returned to be pulped and I wondered if the circulation figures, the sales figures if you like, the circulation figures, well no I really mean the sales figures for the newspapers, you know, how accurately they were recorded. Um, they're, they're, I now have going to play you something by Barbara KB who appreciates issues, everything to do with, with, um, with metrics I know and uh, knows, I'm sure, quite a lot about this whole area. The circulation of, an, well, the sales of a newspaper are perhaps less important than its circulation. Because advertising, what you pay for advertising, you pay for the number of eyes that will see your advert. That's basically what you're doing if you're a business and uh, somebody is selling you space in a newspaper. They're selling you eyes. And newspapers are read by more than one person. 
So the Irish Times, which I bought for my brother today, was read by him, me, and some of it will be read by some other members in his family. So, clearly the circulation of that newspaper, let us say, is three people. Now, circulation is measured because what newspapers do is they construct a representative sample of their of, of their readers and they get readers to record what goes on when the newspaper comes into the house and how much of it they read and uh, who else reads the newspaper this is uh, done very carefully and it needs to be done in a way that an advertiser can rely on. The credibility of your circulation figures is uh, very important and if advertisers were to lose the trust of newspapers in relation to the asserted circulation figures, the commercial viability of the newspaper would be at risk. I don't know if any of you are interested in this topic. Uh, I, of course I know that the number of people who read the Irish Times online far exceeds the number of people who read it in, if you like, hard copy. But the number of people who see the advertising in the Irish Times online is, a, I presume, a lot fewer than people who... So this is a whole area that I know a bit about, but not enough. So if any of you out there are circulation managers, you'll be very interested to hear what Barbara KB has to say. And uh, I, and I'm sure Barbara, would be very thrilled if you have knowledge in this area, experience of it, and chip in. And she'll look, even if you have no knowledge and have no experience, you probably have an opinion. Oh, Paul, how fun to hear you talk about circulation for a newspaper. Oh, you are a man near and dear to my heart. And how a store has to wrap them up and return them. And then they get pulped. Yeah, magazines, newspapers, mm, circulation numbers, very big deal. Circulation manager at publications is often one of the most paid jobs out there. Why? Because those circulation numbers are very important, as you said. So it was fun to hear your perspective on the circulation numbers for the Irish Times. Mm, fun stuff. As you come back into Cork, there's a flashing orange sign that says reduce speed now. And Paul O'Mahony has just 
receive that flashing orange sign because I was doing 59 in a 50. Now I'm about to go into a 60 kilometers per hour. On the left-hand side on the road from Limerick into Cork are some industrial estates, small little ones. I'm just looking for the name. Also, there are some, there's a McDonald's. I don't go into McDonald's, but there's a big McDonald's sign in front of me. There was a time I used to go into McDonald's almost every day. Not in the last, um, not since about 2004. But I used to go in to buy a strawberry milkshake in the summer of 2004, I suspect. I was very taken. I liked the McDonald's milkshakes because they were thick. And I used to scoop out the milkshake with the straw. I wouldn't suck it up the straw because it was almost impossible to do that. But I would use the straw as a spoon. So on my left hand side now, here, coming in is a bus stop. A shelter really. Dulux Paint Ireland. The Dulux are quite a big paint uh, retailer, manufacturer, but brand really. Dulux is a paint brand. And there's a place called Blackpool, uh, which is a fairly big shopping centre on the north side of the city coming up very soon. There's Blackpool Retail Park on the left hand side. There's a sign saying left going to the shopping centre. There's a petrol station from a company called Topaz on the right. There's Aldi on the left. Next, Argos, Sports World, Heaton's. These are the ones I can see out of the car. There's Dunn's stores over there on the left-hand side. Dino's family chip, family chip shops. Hmm. Maybe they sell. Maybe they sell chips, fish and chips. I don't know because I don't very often go to. It's a drive-through restaurant. Yes, it's family chip shops. Wow. And the cars in front of me have got red lights on at the traffic lights. The, the traffic lights have actually turned green now. I see three arrows facing forward and one going left and two going right. So Peter Marks, The Works, Cummins, Neville Jewelers, HMV. Those are in there in the shopping centre. I didn't think HMV still existed. So I'm coming on to the North Ring Road. This is the one I take home. If I took a right turn here, I'd be taken into the centre of the city and I'd come out opposite what in Cork is called the Cork Opera House. It's not an opera house but it is a house which very occasionally opera companies come to, but it's a, a theatre which companies can hire to put on shows. And 
the theatre itself puts on a pantomime uh, once a year. That's a big event in Cork. Another set of traffic lights. There's several sets of traffic lights on this road. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased now to be so near home. I've had a nice day. I've had uh, lovely conversations. No big surprises. I do hope there's a roaring fire at home, but I don't expect there to be one. Oh, my daughter may or may not have gone out to hockey. We'll see. We'll see.